0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of our Troll Talks podcast. I'm delighted today to be able to have a conversation with Joshua Kuntz, class of 2005. Uh, Hello, Josh. How are you? Hey, Jeremy. I'm doing great. How are you? Good. I uh, can't thank you enough for carving out some time to have a conversation today. Uh, have uh, a ton of questions and really looking forward to hear more about the work you do as a, a city uh, and urban planner. Uh, but before we dive into all of that, we got to go way back to your roots and we got to talk a little bit about how you ended up at a tiny little school uh, called Trinity Christian College when you're some uh, kid living in Southern California. So tell us a little bit uh, more about you, your, your background, and maybe walk us through that, uh, that process for you finding Trinity.
1: Yeah, so I, uh, coming out of high school, I guess my um, relationship with my parents felt a little bit like oil and water and I was excited to leave home wherever it was gonna be. Um, my parents had kind of a, a short list of colleges they want, wanted me to go visit and check out. Um, and I went to a couple. I don't need to mention the other guys. But um, when I got to Trinity, I uh, I went with my best friend at the time, still best friend, I guess, Phil Hauer's Isle, also class of 05. Yeah. And uh, the two of us went out there in, I want to say it was like, I think it was january or february so it was the coldest cold that you could imagine and um at the time that felt like pretty novel and unusual for me um the guys who we stayed with in tipstra hall took us downtown and we went to the auto show and we walked around chicago and even though it was freezing and i just was like I think that was what got me was just like mm-hmm. how cool Chicago was and, um, you know, maybe also just a little like college visit burnout. I didn't want to visit anymore. So, <laughs> um, it was kind of like when I talked to Phil, I was like, well, oh, what do you think of that? And he, he thought it was pretty cool. And so we, uh, just kind of decided together that we were going to go. Yeah. We ended up being roommates, um, all four years and then we were still roommates I want to say just about another year and a half after college
0: too so nice very cool well and and you found yourself uh still living in Chicago so uh, obviously even after four years of experience the the weather it didn't completely um you know turn you away and and make you leave this place and, and run back home as soon as you could Yeah, I think what anybody
1: who's thinking about going to Trinity from a warm weather state needs to remember is that for the first four years, you're pretty much not going to have to shovel snow or really deal with it at all. (laughs) And in fact, I only now just bought my first house. So I'm finally shoveling snow and
0: raking leaves now after all these years. There you go. Yeah, that that is very true. Like the the snow is... um... It can be a pain for those who live here, but, but man, when you don't have to shovel it and you can just kind of maybe play in the snow, build, build a snowman, do a, do a snowball fight or, or whatever, uh, it sure makes it a lot more enjoyable when you're in college. Yep. Uh, when you think about uh, when you actually then came here as a student, are there any memories that kind of come flooding back about your time at Trinity in terms of maybe what kind of defined your, uh, your, your time as a student? Uh, maybe those are some memories that you and Phil uh, shared together. Maybe those are some of those memories you don't want to talk about uh, publicly here and that's okay too. <laughs> but uh, what comes back to your mind when you think about your, your time at Trinity as a student? Yeah. I
1: mean, just, all of it was really fun especially those first couple of years it was just so novel and like if it it did feel like such a different place for me coming from southern california um talked about the cold weather but just like fall and uh you know just a totally different lifestyle walking to class every day and stuff like that um one of the first classes or the first class in fact that i took it was uh, what's the earliest a class starts there seven thirties or
0: eight o'clock I think is kind o'clock, of what's been
1: like the, yeah. the first first start yeah it was it was an eight o'clock class, and i had um in high school I had taken a p English so I had some a p English credits and got to skip intro to English or whatever it was and I took a film class with dr Deep House. Um so that was just you know a cool experience was like my first college class and I'm like sitting around uh, kind of dissecting the film with, uh, with other people. And that was great. Um,
0: nice. Has, has any of that passion for film that generated a passion uh, for something that you didn't have to this day, you kind of find yourself even kind of drawn on that? Yeah, I don't know. There, I mean,
1: yeah, of course, I love watching movies. And I, I guess I dip my toes into some Um, obscure films now and again, you know, I don't, I'm not too picky, but yeah. Uh
0: when we all have access to Netflix or other streaming yeah. devices, I like think we've all dipped our toes into some obscure stuff. We're like, what was that? I mean, we, we are still kind of in that pandemic phase too, right? When we all went through that quarantine phase, like we all made some choices we kind of regretted, you know, an hour and a half later. So that that's okay. Um, when you uh, think about that time academically and just in terms of, you know, translating that to your experiences post-college, was there anything that kind of uh, resonated with you in terms of things, skills or Things you took away from your time at trinity that you feel like man i'm so grateful for that but i don't know that i really maybe appreciated it at that time yeah that's a good question i was
1: i mean i'd probably go just back to my my majors i was an english major and a sociology major and both of those um i was a double major so writings the the writing part of it i I that's a big part of my job now. I write things every day. Um and really those sociology courses with uh Dr. Breams, Dr. Brad Breams, really yeah. I kind of definitely reshaped my worldview where I wasn't I wasn't really thinking about anything any of that kind of stuff before I came to Trinity at all. Um one course that stuck with me was uh an urban sociology course hmm. and just kind of learning about how structures and problems of an urban area can contribute to people's everyday experiences. Hmm. Um, I think that was really a logical setup for me uh, down the road, um, wanting to actually do something about it. I felt like that that was a logical connection to urban planning. Yeah. Uh, so I do, I do still try to uh, talk to Brad brings periodically. Um, I haven't seen him in a while, but now, but you know, I'll call him every once in a while. So, yeah, well, he may All hear
0: right. this and, and beat you to it. He may call you before yeah, you get the whole thing.
1: But I do think he's the person who got me thinking about um, the way people interact in cities uh, with each other. Um, it's kind of the jumping off point
0: for that. Yeah. Did you come in kind of thinking about sociology or English as a major, or was it something you kind of? gravitated into once you got here what, what were you thinking when you came in well i mean i guess i should take that back i i think maybe english was always kind of in the back of my
1: mind okay I'd been an ap english student um always had been a big reader and you know tried to do things like write write poems or short stories and never really um that never really took off but i think i kind of always thought i would study english and um sociology just I took the intro course and just loved it so I stuck with that.
0: Yeah and I think I've seen that a lot with alumni through the years and and I love hearing those kind of stories where a lot of us do come in thinking, here's the path that I'm going to go. And it's fun to see how that path kind of shifts and moves as you start engaging with faculty and staff or just start taking some other courses where you start to discover some, some fires and some passions that you maybe didn't even know you had. And I think Trinity's just always so good at that, it kind of at helping uh, our students identify uh, those things and then kind of just fanning that flame a little bit, making it burn a little brighter. So, yeah, it sounds like that kind of aligns with your story as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about uh, life after Trinity. You you, you graduated and uh, you're, you're working in urban planning now, but that wasn't something you just jumped right into. You know, there's some additional education that you needed to pursue in order to do the work you're doing. So share a little bit about maybe that journey to uh, leading up to what you're doing now, maybe. Yeah, it took a little while. I So I graduated
1: and... I you know, put together a resume and I, I think I stopped by the Cooper Career Center and got some advice and um, applied at a few different places. I can't even remember what kind of places I was applying. Um, well, I, I know for sure one was like a company that wrote textbooks and I had an interview there, uh, but nothing really panned out. And I was a waiter for a while at Olive Garden, Orland Park. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was living. So right after college, I ended up moving. Uh, to Midlothian, I lived with with Phil still, and then um, a couple other guys. Kent Bratt uh, owned a house in Midlothian. You might know him. Yeah. Um, that name. Yeah. So I was driving to Olive Garden and wasn't really too sure what I wanted to do. And actually I have to give a shout out here to Tom Vanderwood, another um, guy who was one of my roommates. He was kind of jumped into from philosophy and decided to go to UIC for urban planning. Okay. And he suggested that I check it out. So I kind of looked at, looked into what it all, you know, what the field entailed. I knew a little bit, but not much. Mm. And um I decided I, that's what I wanted to do. So, um, at the time, my roommate Phil um, was thinking about traveling to Spain to do to do some rock climbing, and he thought that moving to Pilsen in Chicago would be a good way to daily, like, kind of brush up on his Spanish before he left. Okay. Um, so he convinced me to move into Chicago, into Pilsen, the Pilsen neighborhood on the southwest side of chicago and yeah that's that was my first move that's probably late 2006 early 2007 okay we both moved there we stayed there for about a year i got i started at university of illinois chicago um and then he took off and i've been here ever since so
0: yeah
1: um the program at uic was is the uh master of urban planning and public administration program. So my degree is actually called a MUP degree. <laughs> yeah. And that, so that was a two-year program, about 2008 to 2010, I think is when I graduated. I had a, um, a job during that program as a, um, first an intern and then kind of like a part-time consultant on uh, the city's bike program. So I was working for the city of Chicago doing uh, bikeways planning, bike lanes, um, shared lane markings, uh, bike racks and all that kind of stuff, figuring out where they should go, funding sources. Uh, a lot of that kind of bike infrastructure is paid through grants, so doing some grant management and stuff like that.
0: Yeah. Um, low level though as an intern. So. That's what internships are all about, right? got to earn your stripes yeah. some way. Uh, So, so tell me more about what um, for for someone who's maybe even this is the first time they're ever hearing about like, I didn't maybe didn't even know that the job of being an urban planner exists. Um, One, because I grew up in a rural area and uh you know maybe small town and you think well what do you got to plan for it's just knock down some trees and and build build a building um but talk a little bit more about uh what an urban planner is and and does and then maybe even a little bit just specific what is what is your uh day-to-day look like what's a typical day look like for an urban planner like you
1: yeah so i guess it's actually a pretty broad field in spite of yeah you're right there's not like um if you go to indeed and search for urban planner it's not like a pre-filled um category that's on there uh, but <clears throat> you can work in all different aspects of urban planning so um it's i guess it's really about thinking about the systems and structures that make a city go so some people end up in doing transportation planning like i just mentioned uh Bike planning is kind of a subset of that. So thinking about um, the uh, multimodal, as we say, as we say, uh, bike and pedestrian facilities that help people get around without cars. Um, now, then there's also transportation planners that work on projects like uh, expressways, um, and there's uh, community development uh, planning where you're. Um, you're working with uh, community organizations and uh, uh, different organizations that uh, make a community go. Um, and physical planning, which I got my degree in is kind of about the uh, built environment and how um, people relate to the way their neighborhoods and streets and um, buildings are, are sort of laid out in relation to each other and. Uh, to the larger city. Um, So I've touched on, uh, you know, my career has been a little bit meandering, I guess, because I started out in the bikeways side of things, and I have carried that through with me. I still really value that as a component to um, all urban planning. I kind of believe in uh, people-powered transportation, if you will. Um, But what i do now is uh a a lot of planning at a at a community-wide level so one of the towns that i'm working in right now has um all right i guess i just finished that project up but one of the towns that i worked in recently had six thousand people in colorado so smaller yeah like your town so yeah um that's still a and they were still a city they still
0: did a city plan and yeah 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 are there any common like misperceptions that you've had as you kind of uh you know when you're talking meeting new people maybe at a, a social gathering or uh hanging out in the backyard and neighbors come over and they they, they hear what you do uh, do you get some common questions like oh does that mean you know this or do they, do they ask questions that are oftentimes um maybe misunderstanding what it is that you actually do yeah I guess there's two things. You sometimes
1: get the perception that if you're working for um, municipalities or governments that they're all uh, corrupt or whatever, Um, or that uh, they're doing things that cost too much money. Um, And I think that planning is uh, really something that's valuable. Um, If you think about, you know, whether you're planning a, a birthday party or um, you know, for a, a project in your backyard or whatever, you, you always have to kind of take stock in how things are looking today, uh, what, where do you want to go with the, the project or whatever, and then the, how are you going to get there? And that's kind of your, your steps that you need to think about as you're planning. And, you um, yeah, I think that's an important uh, important thing for municipalities to do, whether they're uh, 10,000 people or 100,000 people. Um, the other thing I think that people, there is a bit of a misconception is that, you know, we're like making architectural models or um, there's a lot of like uh, computer design and things like that. And my firm does do, the, the place that I work now does do that, um, but my role typically isn't too much involved in that side of things
0: yeah so you're not just drawing the trees and the pretty you know what the park would look like right like that's that's not what you're doing and i think that is yeah i would agree that's probably one of the first things that comes to my brain in terms of you know what the city planner is going to do you're trying to paint the picture for what it's going to look like right sometimes i think we think that literally uh, as opposed to um you know metaphorically yeah the
1: um it's always funny because I, you know, the show Parks and Rec. Early on, there's a guy who is an urban planner in the yep. parks department. And he's always like sitting at his easel and he's got like all, <laughs> yeah. uh, pieces of. I would say it looks more to me like he's probably a landscape architect. because uh, He's drawing with the, like you just said,
0: what the parks look like and the, uh, yeah, and all that stuff. And yeah. it's all the movies and TV shows that kind of ruin all of our careers when people think of think like something different well i should
1: clarify though like in the so now i work um for a, a consulting firm out of chicago and we do have a landscape architect on staff who is also a planner okay so he can do all that stuff he can hand draw parks and um trees and you know he knows tree species and all that kind of stuff okay um but we do a lot of graphics for our plans digitally through a variety of softwares we use um SketchUp, Illustrator, um, something called City Engine which is like almost like a computer gaming world building engine. Um and while I know my, my way around a little bit around some of the uh uh you know graphic softwares like Illustrator or SketchUp or um I'm not I'm not the person that does that for our plans typically. Yeah.
0: yeah. So I mean, someone could be listening to this. It, let's just say, you know, you, you think about a, a high school student who might be thinking about, "Man, is this ever a career path that I want to pursue?" But there's, it sounds like even again in the industry, there's a, a lot of different skill sets that really can be utilized to accomplish that that common goal. I mean, you're going to work together in a team of people to really bring this about. This isn't just Josh sitting at his desk and uh, laying everything out by himself.
1: Absolutely, it's you couldn't have said it better. I mean. The work that I'm doing now I really love because um, every project that we do, we kind of, uh, there's about, I wanna say about 17 people in our Chicago office, office and we have two two guys who work out of California and um, we form project teams based on what, you know, we think that the project's gonna entail and what type of uh, graphics person we're gonna need and what type of mapping or even like market and demographic analysis of the community. So we put together teams usually of um, maybe three to five core people. And then throughout the project, we rely on um, all different members of our staff to do different parts of the project. So,
0: yeah, nice. If, if someone is uh, you know, if they're intrigued by some of this uh, you know, conversation, man, I, I wanna look into this uh, line of work a little bit more. Are there any things like um, maybe just a particular uh, giftedness or areas that a student might wanna like pursue or, or even is there a way for someone if, if, that you would think of a way for them to maybe test the waters to say, well, if you like doing this, you know, then maybe you, this is something you wanna look into a little bit more.
1: Yeah. Um... So one thing that I find that I always wish that I had done a little bit more of is uh, practicing public speaking. Huh. Um, I, I I guess just to take a step back, we my firm now does um, House of Levine is what is what it's called. That's named after the two founders of the firm. We do uh, planning projects all over the country. So um, instead of working for Maywood, my our clients now are places like maywood or yeah. um and i'm going to get back to public speaking in a second here but uh um yeah we we work all over the country and we work with all different municipalities and usually uh the front end of the project is entirely based on community outreach and talking to people uh so probably like the first third of the project is just figuring out what the community is all about, um, asking them questions, conducting workshops. Uh, obviously pre-pandemic we, were, we would do workshops where the goal was always to get the largest kind of cross-section of the community in a room at a time that you could and ask people about what are the issues in your community? What are, um, what are the opportunities? What's your community doing well? Um, if you were made king, king or queen for a day and you had unilateral decision, what was a pro- what's a project you always wished, what's something you always wished was in your community. Hmm. Um, so the first big chunk of any project is getting out there and talking to people and you could be the greatest map maker or, um, graphic you know, layout person for a plan in the world. And if that's your skill set, and you don't are able to talk to community members, huh. uh, you'll probably be stuck at your desk a lot of the time. So um, the best part is getting out and getting to hear about different communities. So
0: yeah, and how do you how do you balance that with and I'm thinking of episodes of Parks and Rec again where they have a community forums, right? And then all the townspeople want these ridiculous requests. Uh, how do you balance what the community wants with what maybe the your customer wants, right? As the village versus you guys are kind of experts, right? You kind of know a thing or two about what's going to work well and you can foreshadow some maybe dominoes falling if uh, we head down this path and these dominoes will fall if we go on that path. So talk a little bit about maybe... Having to work through those situations at times. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's always
1: trying to think of a good one, but you know, there's always somebody who thinks that a uh, a zip line through downtown, or um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, you
0: know, something crazy like that, a
1: um,
0: water taxi, or yeah reduce our, our carbon footprint if we had a zip line instead of all these yeah. vehicles right we could just get down a lot quicker yeah
1: um there's a couple things that we say and that is you know that we don't um we definitely building your plan on community outreach and hearing what the community wants uh means that you're not kind of like wedging a town into a template that you have um and you have to hear what what the community needs. And sometimes there's underlying issues that, um, you kind of find out as you're talking to people that maybe that zip line is really about congestion or lack of entertainment options or whatever it may be. Um, so yeah, I think you just have to be prepared to, uh, understand what people are saying and hear people out and, uh, you kind of throw it all into the mix. You, you know what the community's goals are and you know um, what the uh, municipality, you know, the entity that is the municipality, you know what their goals were for the um, for the project. And you kind of have to mix it all together and add in your expertise. And another thing that we do is we, you know, test our plans with the community before they go back to the um, city board for adoption. So, okay. um, make sure that they reflect
0: what people, what people told us. How did you know maybe when it was time? You know, maybe um, Olive Garden notwithstanding, but how did you know maybe when it was time to uh, look at another opportunity? How do you know when it's right to to move along? Um, whether it's for just a, a change of um, careers or wanting to move up, wanting to move out. Talk to you a little bit about maybe some of the your experience in that regard and how you knew it was just kind of time to to take a a look at something else um
1: i can truly say right now is probably the most exciting and interesting job that i've ever had i get to fly all over the country Mm -hmm. um now i should stress that it's not always like you know we're not doing plans typically for like miami or um (laughs) or la or anything like that or seattle um but since i've started at house house levine i've done i'm on my fourth project in colorado now Hmm. um i just actually last week was in canyon city colorado uh we're doing some very careful traveling and um there's still, there's still some things in these projects where you have to go see the community and you have to mm-hmm. drive around and see what the town looks like. And you mm-hmm. just really can't. You can do a lot of outreach on Zoom and a lot of meetings and even large scale meetings, but you really have to get on the ground and see what a town looks like to to start writing and talking about it. Yeah. Um, also, did a plan in Jenks, Oklahoma, on the across the river from Tulsa. Um, so I've gotten to see some interesting places and uh, the opportunity to do that, that came up when I was at the village of Maywood. Maywood has a House of Levine comprehensive plan that I was using as staff planner. And um, that plan helped me write those those grants. Uh, that's a big part of what having current plans can do for a town is, you um, If you get, if you're a municipality and you get to like the first question on your grant application and you're asking uh, the state or, um, you know, for a large chunk of money and the first question is gonna be, do you have a current plan for like, that kind of governs how you're gonna use this uh, $300,000 or whatever. And that's a great reason to have a plan that um, comes out of the community. And Maywood's House of Levine plan had that language that talked about specific areas where there were some um, areas for improvement, and it really set the stage um, for for different things that I did in
0: Maywood. Yeah, yeah, so, I really appreciate you just kind of sharing about like you, you don't come out of there necessarily and, and jump right to the dream job, right? And sometimes, like I think even now you shared, like sometimes you maybe are taking a job that wasn't in the in in the plan, pardon the pun. Um, to in order to get to where you wanted to be and to, to be able to still utilize that though uh, as a building block to, to where you are now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, we talk a lot, you know, at Trinity about how our faith and our education, our faith and our work, those things go hand in hand um, and they're not separate from what we do. And so I'm just kind of curious, how do you feel like your faith uh, maybe influences and, and impacts uh the work that you do. Uh how does is there any way that you feel like it makes makes what you do different um maybe than some of your coworkers, not that it's like better or more amazing or whatever, but how do you think it changes the way you approach uh the, the work that you do?
1: Yeah, I think it I don't know, it might be subtle, I guess, but I I definitely believe that um, you know, we humans are meant to live together um, and that's not a knock on rural living or um, anything like that. Like we were talking about before the podcast, I grew up uh, working on my grandparents' dairy. So um, there's definitely a place for, for that kind of stuff, but um, I do believe in cities. I think it's uh, uh, well-planned cities that um, are thinking ahead about how they're extending their infrastructure and um, planning out into their growth areas and thinking about density and living with your neighbors. Um, I think all those kinds of things are really uh, principles that are important to my faith. And um, yeah, I I think good planning, you know, fits really well with that so um i don't know if that's a good good enough
0: answer i might give me a give me a second and i can think about it a little bit more but no but i um, I think you're hitting that you know we, we are created in god's image to be relational human beings to have a relationship with 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 our god and our maker but also to have relationships with other human beings and i think the work that you do one, allows those things to, in ideal world, to flourish, um, you know, in whatever space and place they'd be. But I I think I've also just really enjoyed hearing you talk about the way that you are, you know, interacting with others relationally. You've got to be able to sit across the table from folks at a a city and and to listen and to hear and and, uh, to be able to do that in a way that is uh, approaching it with humility. And I would just imagine that that uh, that christ um, you know, mannerism would be really important in order for you to be able to do your job well, and to just be able to to hear and then to apply those things of what you're hearing from others to what you need to do. Yeah, definitely.
1: Um, yeah, and so much of planning, you know, even even in planning documents, you'll see the you'll see uh, the phrase like good stewardship and. Thinking about um, how we're using our resources, and I'm not just talking about like environmentalism, but some of the um, some of the decisions that cities have to make are um, really predicated on thoughtful use of space. And uh, some some have too much, some don't have any space left, and um,
0: yeah, that's where plans can really help a community so yeah I know i appreciate that so yeah thanks uh for letting me grill you for a little bit here josh i, I have a couple other a little maybe a little lighter uh questions kind of as we as we wrap it up and bring it home so i know that you know you're i think you're your office is technically, you know, in the loop. I don't know how often if you're getting there these days, but, um, if you, if you and your wife or your family, or, or maybe it's just you independent, not sure, but if you had a free day, you know, in the city, what's your, what's your favorite thing to do, uh, in Chicago when, when you've got your time to just kind of, uh, explore or relax.
1: Yeah. Um, our office is, my office is in the loop. It's at Randolph and Wells and I'm going there. We are going there still, uh, do alternating days. So we split kind of our staff in half and so we can sit spaced out and everything. Um, I guess there's just so much to do. We love going, uh, all over Chicago, but especially in the loop, one of the things I used to love doing was the free concerts in millennium park i would sometimes mm. do them after work um and um another thing is there's a, a place right around the corner that my coworkers like to go monk's pub okay the it's a kind of a chicago institution on lake street They um it's just a kind of a real classic pub and they you know throw the peanut shells on the floor and it's a good spot to go after work so um also i just this isn't every urban planning job but it so happens that um i'm in a building with a pool on the 27th floor so ah. sometimes i take the family downtown in the on the weekend and we go swim in the office pool so there you um, go it's not my company's pool it's just the building that we're in so it's a nice perk
0: if you've got a key use it right yeah yeah, yep. yeah. When you when you you mentioned earlier living in uh, you know Pilsen for a short time, uh, you know with a couple of the guys. I think that was before you said it before you got married, right?
1: Yeah, I lived in Pilsen before I got married. Yeah. All
0: right. So if if you're if you're living there with a couple of the guys, uh, a lot of folks you know around our era at Trinity, you know the there's the 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 food dive. So El Gallo was always right there in terms of a great burrito. Uh, did you were you able to find something in the Pilsen area that you loved, like food-wise? Like any recommendations if anyone's ever in the Pilsen area and needs needs something to eat? Man, there's so many good places in Pilsen to eat. Um, I'd re- the place is called Chaparita. Chaparita. All right. And what's 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 yeah. coming off the menu there when you when you order? What are you getting? I just get a couple of their
1: pork tacos, pastor tacos. They they do like it's a little different. They chop it up pretty finely and uh, so it's like a real fine grain with some diced um, uh, pineapple on top and it's uh, it's a nice spot. That's that's at like, it's pretty close to, uh, it's like between Kedzie and California
0: near 24th Street. Yeah, somewhere near there. Nice, making myself a note right now so I can get down there next time I'm in the area. Give me a, uh, a, a dream, dream assignment or a dream job, you know, for you, whether it's realistic or unrealistic, you know, as a city planner or urban planner, uh, what would be, you know, a project that you would, you would just uh, go, go Google for uh, if, if you could have a chance? Um, man, that's a good one. I,
1: I think now that I've worked all over, for a little while, I think I would either like to do something for my hometown of Escondido. So if I'm ever in one of our um, team promo meetings where we're looking at proposals and seeing what cities have worked out to do and I see that Escondido has a proposal, I'm I'm gonna say, hey guys, I'm taking this one. I'll write the proposal. I will uh, be the project manager and Uh, we got to figure out how to make it work so that I can go do some work in my hometown. Um, and then my other hometown, Chicago, um, I did a small project with House of Levine in Chicago, uh, where we were actually, actually sub-consulting with an engineering firm working on a, a region-wide water project. Uh, so it wasn't very exciting, but I would love to work on like a Chicago neighborhood or corridor plan. Mm. Um, and the city does that. The city has a planning department. I think they have probably you know, nearly 200 staff in, there in the city planning department, somewhere around there. But um, they still hire consulting firms to do uh, neighborhood projects and things like that. So if there's a good project like that that House of Levine could get, I would love to work on that also. Um so there is something to planning for this, the areas, you know, it's yeah. great to fly into, into Colorado um, and learn all about a community and mm. uh, get to know the people there and have them kind of calling you and talking to you about their town. But I'd love to do, I'd love to do some places that I really,
0: really know well from the beginning, so. Yeah, you know, well, we can maybe put on the list, um, you know, building that zip line from the dorms down to the gymnasium. I'm sure there's plenty of students who would absolutely, yeah. you know, love uh, for that to be implemented as well. So we'll maybe put that on the, in the future future drive.
1: Well, I guess, yeah, add that to the list, too. I would love to work in Payless Heights. If Trinity go. ever does a master plan for the campus, That would be uh, that would be
0: pretty cool, too. Very cool. Well, Josh, I can't thank you enough for jumping on and uh, chatting a little bit today. I uh, appreciate the work that you do for making a difference in just so many lives uh, all over the country through the work that you do that oftentimes uh, goes unnoticed, I'm sure, uh, by a majority of people that are now enjoying the fruit of your labor. So thanks for the work that you do, for representing Trinity and uh, what you do, and uh, for, for being a proud member of Troll Nation, man. We appreciate it. Thanks, Jeremy. Really appreciated it. It's a good conversation. You bet. Take care. Thank you for listening to this episode of Troll Talks, a part of the Troll Nation Network. If you or someone you know wants to make a difference in the lives of current, former, or prospective students at Trinity Christian College, be sure to visit our website at trnty.edu slash TNN. That's trnty.edu slash TNN. Have an idea for a future Troll Talks episode that would benefit the Trinity community? Send us an email at alumni at t-r-n-t-y dot edu. That's alumni at t-r-n-t-y dot edu.